Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hello? Hey, Mom, it's Jeremy. Hi. Can you do me a big favor, no questions asked? Yeah. <laughs> wow, you were very quick to say yes. <laughs> um, okay, I want you to open your computer and type in this URL, okay? Well, under under the Google thing or where... No, 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 no. Says... All, all the way up top where you type in a website. Okay. You ready? Yeah. So it's politico.com slash pod survey. And I do the slash. I don't, I don't type. You don't slash. type slash. You do the slash. Yeah. Okay. I did that. Now press enter. It went to Politico. Thank you for listening to Politico podcast. Awesome. Okay, now I'm going to need you to write a bunch of really, really nice things about my podcast, but pretend not to be my mom. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Be honest. Say what you like and what you don't like. This this is actually a survey where we're going to take people's answers uh, seriously and go through and, and figure out what's what's good and oh, bad. Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. All right. I love you. I love you. I'll talk to you later, Jeremy. Bye. Bye-bye. Seriously, people. It's easy. Take the survey. Just ask my mom. My mom, who apparently will lie on my behalf, no questions asked, which is pretty cool, I guess. Anyways, politico.com slash pod survey. We want to hear from you. You can also find a link in this episode's show notes. All right, here's today's show. Enjoy. I've covered Washington for over a dozen years. I've covered several different agencies, congressional committees, hearings, markups, what have you. This one was wild. It was nothing like I've experienced before. We want to turn now to another breaking story just within the last couple of minutes. An FDA advisory committee just voted against recommending the approval of Pfizer's COVID-19 booster shot for those 16 years and older. President Biden's plan to give COVID booster shots to most Americans just hit a snag. An FDA advisory panel recommended against a third dose of the Pfizer shot for younger Americans. And adding to the confusion, that same panel says those 65 and older and high-risk Americans should get another shot. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, yeah, it is confusing. So FDA reporter Lauren Gardner is here to try to make it a little less so and break down what the heck is going on with boosters. So um, when, when it comes to approving vaccines, um, specifically in the COVID context, uh, but also just generally speaking, what, what happens is FDA has an advisory committee of outside experts, independent scientists who get together and kind of discuss the latest science around, you know, whatever is being looked at with respect to a vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, and then oftentimes they will vote on a recommendation for the agency. So, you know, whether or not these outside experts recommend that FDA give regulatory approval to a given vaccine. And that's what happened on Friday. They got together to talk about Pfizer's application to approve a booster dose of their COVID-19 vaccine for Americans 16 and older. Thank you so much and good morning. Today, I'll look at uh, COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations, COVID vaccines administered, and COVID vaccine effectiveness. 
But what happened is as they went through the day, they heard a lot of different presentations from Pfizer, from Israeli scientists who have extrapolated their own data from their population, uh, which is overwhelmingly vaccinated with Pfizer, uh, because they started giving out booster doses a few months ago. And over the course of the day, it was very clear from members of the committee that many of them did not think that there was enough data to just wave through Pfizer's request. It, but it's especially hard for me to buy the fact that because they started, say, doing their, their immunization schemes three months before us, that that's why they're seeing what they're seeing, because well, all the data are that the, 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 the longevity of memory T-cells is far longer than that. Unless what we're arguing is that those who are greater than 60 or 65 have a lower frequency, much lower frequency of memory being T-cells and therefore are more fragile. And by the end of the day, they overwhelmingly voted that down and then got together and decided, okay, let's tailor this a little bit and see what we're comfortable with. And in the end, that ended up being voting to recommend that Pfizer's booster be available for Americans 65 and older and um, for those who are at high risk of severe COVID disease. So that definition has yet to be whittled down, but it's likely going to be connected to folks who work in the healthcare field, who are exposed to a decent amount of virus day in and day out, and potentially people with uh, some health conditions that don't currently qualify as immunocompromised, as those people can already get boosters, but maybe people with obesity, diabetes, something like that, that's going to be discussed at a separate expert panel this coming week. It's fascinating to watch government decision makers deal with science in real time. I don't think a booster dose is going to significantly contribute to controlling the pandemic. It's very important that the main message that we still transmit is that we've got to get everybody two doses. On the one hand, you want to get ahead of the next wave and be as proactive as possible. But on the other, you need science to back up a lot of these decisions. And when it's still coming in, it's changing literally every day. It is really, really difficult. And that was just on full display on Friday. So a big part of why the FDA's panel is not saying that boosters should be given broadly yet is because the data isn't there yet. But what does the data that we do have at this point suggest or show when it comes to the efficacy of boosters? So when it comes to boosters, what the data is showing right now is that a third dose does produce a spike in antibodies. Uh -huh. While that's a, a positive sign, and based on Pfizer's data, they didn't really see much in the way of uh, adverse safety events happening. But at the crux of this whole thing is, okay, a third dose produces more antibodies. That's great. But that's not the totality of the body's immune response. There are memory cells, T cells, that after you get a vaccine, your body remembers how to fight off the infection that that vaccine is intended to produce the immune response against, even though antibodies over time do fall. So that's what's been so complicated in this case, because everything outside of antibody levels has been sort of a mystery with respect to okay, how, how much of that is being produced and how much of that is lasting over time. And no one knows the long-term effectiveness of a third dose. So the decision they ultimately ended up 
coming to is no boosters at this point for most people, but boosters for people 65 and older, um, people who are immunocompromised um, and might need the shot more than other people. I guess I'm curious, like, how do you end up coming to that decision for some people to get boosters and others not to when at the end of the day, they're saying there isn't really enough data for them to know how helpful boosters are? That's a great question. So based on the science that has come in so far and just and generally what is known about the differences between immune systems, generally speaking, of people on the younger side of the age scale as compared to elderly populations is that anyone generally 60, 65 and older, their immune system is inherently weaker than someone who is in their 20s or 30s. Hmm. So they tend to have a different immune reaction to these sorts of things. So that's why scientists have been more comfortable, you know, when it came to the vaccine rollout, we're going to start with this population first because they're inherently more at risk. Um, and, And the same argument has extrapolated to boosters largely. But it is tricky to your point. And that's something that came up in the course of this meeting and and other public debates about this is how do you make a booster plan when you're from the get-go carving out populations that get this stuff versus those who don't? And I mean, that's, you know, classes of people with certain health conditions, it's age groups, but it's also we're, we're talking about one brand of vaccine, one company's shot, Pfizer's. You have all these millions and millions of Americans who got Moderna's two-dose vaccine series. You have people who got Johnson & Johnson's one-dose shot who are wondering, hey, when do I get one? Do I need one? Am I safe? And no one has answers yet. Do you know when we might have answers to that? Dr. Fauci said on Sunday morning he's expecting that data in the next couple to few weeks. And Moderna has applied for FDA approval of its own booster shot. uh, So they are going through that process now. Johnson & Johnson is further behind. But as with everything, it seems with this pandemic, everything is weeks away. And weeks is a pretty pretty broad term. Hmm. So I want to talk about the reality of the situation, because you have the FDA saying um, that at this point, they don't think boosters should be given to a broad population. But then... I mean, I've personally heard stories of of people I know, like going to a pharmacy and and just getting a a booster shot. Um, You have a story about how some states like last week and stuff started offering booster shots to certain populations. And then you have the fact that this is the week that the Biden administration itself said they planned to start offering booster shots. I guess, like, how do you mesh this decision from the FDA with the reality that's already playing out across the country? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, and just and just for clarity's, <laughs> for clarity's sake, I should say FDA has not yet signed off on giving regulatory authorization for these boosters. They're expected hmm. to uh, early this week, but they haven't followed on their um, their expert panel's advice hmm. just yet. They are expected to, though, but that formally hasn't come down. I just want to get that caveat out there. Okay. But to your point, yes, the Biden administration putting September 20th out there as a date, no matter how many times they say, well, we said from the beginning that it was pending regulatory approval from FDA and CDC, and we said that we plan to be able to be ready to unveil boosters that week. People heard September 20th and said, okay, that's the day I got to go to the pharmacy and go get my shot. Or- 
people heard that date. And then they also heard the news about people who are immunocompromised being able to go get boosters whenever they wanted to and said, I'm just going to try and do that. And you've had a lot of people do that because when it, when it comes to the process for getting a third dose for the quote unquote immunocompromised Americans, you just have to go to a pharmacy and say that that's you. You don't have to offer proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pharmacist could question you. And if they aren't comfortable with the answers you're giving, they could ultimately say, listen, I, I can't give this to you. But the whole decision-making process around that was to make it so people could just self-attest to say to, to saying that they are eligible for this third dose. So you're right. There are a lot of people that have gone out and gotten that. How many of them technically qualify under the guidelines CDC issued with respect to what an immunocompromised person is for third shot purposes right now? That's a great question. And no one seems to know the answer to that just yet. Lauren Gardner, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me on. Also today, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves is arguing against the White House's vaccine mandate, calling the, quote, unilateral action an attack on the people of his state. In an interview with CNN on Sunday, the Republican governor also threatened to sign on to a GOP-led lawsuit against the measure. The expected rule from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration will call for businesses with over 100 employees to require their workers to be vaccinated. Mississippi currently has the country's highest death rate per capita. And French President Emmanuel Macron and President Joe Biden are set to hold a phone call in the coming days to discuss the escalating diplomatic crisis stemming from Australia's cancellation of a large submarine deal with France. Paris is furious at Washington over a landmark military pact between the U.S., the U.K., and Australia that prompted Australia to axe a 50 billion euro-plus contract with France's naval group to build a fleet of submarines. France has since recalled its ambassadors to Australia and the U.S. in protest. A spokesman for the French government announced over the weekend that the discussion would take place, quote, in the next few days at Biden's request. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening. I didn't even go in to get a Philadelphia cheesesteak until your podcast was over, even though I really wanted it, and the dog really wanted it. (laughs) So it was good. Oh, well, thank you, Mom. But uh, one thing, save it for the survey. Okay.